0: If you, again, if you have your Bible, turn to John 21. We're going to start in verse 3. In verse 3, it says, Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. All you fathers out there, you like that part. He just looks around. I'm starting off with, hey, I'm going fishing, right? Says so they said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, "Children, do you have any fish?" And they answered him, "No." He said to them, "Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some." So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because the quantity of the fish the disciples whom Jesus the disciple whom Jesus loved. Therefore said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put, on his, put out his outer garment and he stripped for work and he threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat dragging the net full of fish and they were not because they were not far from land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got on to land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring me some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore. Full of large fish, hundred and fifty-three of them, and although there were so many, the net was not torn. And Jesus said to them, "Come and have some breakfast." Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, "Who are you?" They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. Now, this is a a really interesting story. That's uh, kind of one of those places where I go often. It's one of my favorite stories especially about peter like this is one of those stories that really gets me about peter Um, this was kind of one of my quiet times this week i've been reading a lot and studying a lot Uh, pray for us my family Um, i have my oldest son adrian who's 18 he goes to school at ou Um, he's really involved in the the bcm uh, and he's in part of their freshman leadership program he's doing a lot of stuff Uh, he's leading people to the lord he's going out he's like taking tracks in his pocket like we were washing his clothes, and we were pulling tracks out of his pocket. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's mine. i got to give that to someone. And, and I'm just like, what is going on? I was like, he loves Jesus more than I do. Right? And then, uh, so he's in school. Brayden, who is a 16-year-old, he's also going to college already. And so there's pressure on him with all of the things that are going on in our family. Um, my wife has decided she's going to go back to school and get her master's degree. And while she's doing that, I decided I'm going to go back and get my doctorate. So there's four people in our, in our house right now who are in college, and we have six children. Pray for us, because it's not going to be easy. We're, we're going to be very, very busy. But this, this always gets to me when I get down. This is one of the stories I read. It's kind of one of those stories that goes across the gospel. It's in Matthew 16, it's Luke 24, John 20. This is a story that's in all of the gospels. And it always gets me because they tell it so differently. But this is my favorite version of it. And it's so funny to me that we're starting this new year. And this is the, this is the passage that God put on my heart. Because I, I've been trying to figure out what's been going on in my own life. I've been trying to figure out what's happening. And one of the things I've seen is people are looking at me and I feel like I'm dead. Right? I, I, it's has been this weird year. 2020 was a weird year. Like, we're walking around, we're all wearing masks. We're not really sure if people are smiling or frowning. Like, like, my kids, they've got their masks on top of their head, their masks on their back, their masks on their face. They've got them on lanyards, they're everywhere. I'm cleaning them up out of my yard. I'm doing all of these things. And, you know, the year has just been weird. It's been hard for the church. A lot of churches have closed their doors forever. Your church did something cool you had the outdoor services, you were doing things that nobody else was doing, uh, which is great. Our church did the same thing. In Calvin, we were having online services. We actually gained like six members just off of online services. People who didn't know about our church, they watch it. Our church was growing through the pandemic, which is something odd to think about. But it's so funny to me that we we as people, we get in this place where we get excited. It's the new year. Everybody's excited. Let's set some new goals. Right? That's like the big thing. New Year's resolutions, we're going to do these things, and we're going to set new goals. I don't set new goals at New Year's. I don't do that, because they say like 90% of those goals get scrapped by day three. I saw a post on Facebook just the other day that said, for all of those people who decided to take, take on a diet for the new year, and you said, you know what, I'll wait till Monday, congratulations. Yeah, right? And, and I know people who do that. Like, they're like, I'm going to set this goal, but you know what? I'm going to wait just a little while. We tend to do that as Christians as well. It's so odd to me that we get these people and they walk forward and they accept Christ. And we set them on a chair and we tell them all these things and we bring them up here. And we hand them a Bible and a certificate. And then we put them out there and we say, go do what you do. We say, go do what you do. And here's what happens. Those people tend to do just that. They get their Bible, they accept Christ, and they walk out and they keep doing exactly what they've always done. Verse 3 amazes me because here's what happens. If you go back and you read, this is right after Jesus had been crucified and resurrected from the dead. Jesus has come back to life. A matter of fact, Jesus has already appeared two other times. Like, this isn't new. It's not a new thing. Jesus is back. And it says seven of his disciples... Including Peter, the rock, the man who started the church, the one that Jesus later sits with and says, do you love me? That guy. What was he doing? The same thing he did before he met Jesus. He went fishing. You see, we have these times in our lives where we meet Jesus and we get excited and we're doing all these things, but at some point we lose that. We lose that love, that passion, that moment where we knew who Jesus was, and we go right back to what we were doing before. The church is in this state. It's so crazy to me. It just just feels dead. Churches have no vision anymore. right? They sit back and they're like, this is okay. Like, If you want me to prove this to you, by show of hands, how many of you are sitting in the exact same seat you sat in last week? Most of you. I actually attended a church once where the pastor got fired because he got everyone to stand up on one side, everybody to stand up on one side and switch sides. No, I'm not even joking. You you guys are laughing. I'm not joking. He was at a church and he made them stand up and switch seats for one Sunday. Two weeks later, gone. It's the same thing. We come in, we sit down, we sing the songs, and oh, does Charlotte sing the songs? We sing the songs, we listen to the sermon, we say amen, we get hyped. We share it on our Facebook post and we go back on Monday and we live our lives the same way we did the week before and the week before and the week before. Look, the disciples weren't different. I'm not trying to get you down. These guys walked with Jesus. They watched miracles happen. The Bible said they did miracles in Jesus' name. And when it was over, they went right back to where they were. You see, it's a new year, it's a new time. This church, you have to have vision. You have to have this moment where you look around and you say, what are we going to do? Not this year, but forever. You only have so much time. Billy Graham says, count the minutes, count the moments. You only have so much time. If he's right and the average age is 70, look, I'm halfway done. What have I done in that half? Not much. i got to do more, right? Start thinking about those visions and those things you have to do. Like I said, the church feels dead. I go to all these churches, I preach at all these places, and they have this thing called worship where nobody really worships. They kind of just stand back and they open their hymnal and they sing the songs. And I'm like, why don't you know this? Why don't you know this song? Why haven't you been singing these songs on a daily basis? Hymns aren't just for Sunday. They're not just for Sunday. It was a moment for me, like this came like exceptionally true today. Jessica was sitting up here playing a song during the operatory and I'm back over here singing, right? I'm back over here singing. Ms. Guzman's up here, she's singing too. We're singing the song and we're having a moment. Like I'm sitting here watching, and I'm like praising Jesus and I'm like, yeah, this is it. And I'm singing the song, I know the words. Jessica's playing, I'm like, this is it. This is what it looks like, this is what it is. Where's that moment? My wife and I have these stories where we've gone on long drives. We drive a lot, we have to drive an hour to get to a grocery store. So we drive a lot. We put, we put on the radio. We were driving once. I was driving once to Nebraska. There's not really much in Nebraska, but I was driving there. And somehow I, I, I remember going into Kansas. The only re- reason I remember that is there's a toll road. Like right when you enter Kansas, they make you pay to enter Kansas. Right? And so I pay this toll. And then the next thing I know, I'm in Nebraska. I turned the radio on, and I was having this moment, and I was praising Jesus, and somehow I made it safely, but I don't remember much. I have these, these moments where, where the worship just catches me. It catches me different. It takes me someplace else. Why don't we experience that regularly? Why aren't we taking these moments where we don't feel dead, where our life is just different, where we feel alive? We go through the same motions, the same movements, the same time it was funny because there was another moment where they were singing a song today and uh why can't i remember the name of it it's the it's the old worship song that you played this morning what was it what was it cassie i was like it takes you way it took me way back lord i lift your name on high in my mind i was thought is she gonna do the motions because there's motions to that song and i was like it's the same motions it's the same thought It's this time in our lives where we do the same thing over and over and over again. We wake up on Sunday mornings. We look at our kids. We get them dressed. We fix their hair. We make them dress up. We tell them to sit down. We tell them to be quiet. And we pray for children's church. (laughs) We pray for children's church. It's it's, it's that time where we're just going through the motions of what once drove us. Jesus once drove us. I remember the moment where I accepted Christ, where Christ took over my life and it changed everything. And then for some reason in my life, I went back to what it was before. These guys are no different. In verse 4, they went out and they fished. It's exactly what they did before. If you don't believe me, look at Luke 5. Luke 5, Jesus calls this man and he's fishing. He's fishing. Why do we go back to the things we had before. Now, if you keep going through this verse, it says, Simon Peter tells them, I'm going fishing, and they all go with him. It says they fished through the night, and they caught nothing. Now, I don't know a lot of people who fish at night here, but in Africa, it happens all the time. That's the main time you go fishing. You net fish at night. They school up. They do these things. They go fish. So they're doing this fishing, and they don't catch anything. Nothing. They're out there. They're doing their thing. The same old thing they've always done, and they don't catch anything. Listen, if you're just going and doing the same old thing, guess what? Nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. If you're not going out and sharing the gospel on a regular basis, how do you expect to see people saved? It's one of those things I never understood. I'm an evangelist. I'm a missionary. I'm a preacher. And people look at me and go, it's your job. I say, the Bible says it's your job. People look at me all the time and they're like, oh, you're a short-term missionary. You don't stay. What good are you really doing? I'm like, I don't know. What good are you doing? They'll look at me and say, why do you go to Africa? Why don't you stay here? There's hundreds of thousands of millions of people in America who aren't saved. Why aren't you doing that here? And I'll look at them and say, because God didn't call me to that. He called you. It's you. You're the difference. You want your church to be alive? You want it to change in 2021? It's about you. It's not about Randall. It's not about Charlotte. It's not about Jessica. It's not about Daniel. It's about you and the relationship you have with Jesus Christ. Is it old and stale? Are you going back to what you used to do? Are you doing exactly what God has for you in that exact moment, in that exact time? I remember when my wife and I moved back from Colorado. I loved Colorado. <laughs> through mountains, you know, I lived, I could see Pikes Peak from my my window, where I worked, I could literally see like an Air Force Academy, and there was people jumping out of planes, and all these like skimmer pilots, and all these things happening, and I was like, this is beautiful, and I remember the day that Cassie said, well, it's time to go home, and I looked at her, and I was like, no, no, (laughs) she's like, it's time to go home, and I'm like, no, and Jesus says, listen, it's time to go home, and I was like, no, And Jesus said, listen, we got to go. And I'm like, okay, I'll go, but I'm not going to be happy about it. And I'm still not happy that I left that place, but I understand why I did it. Because if I'm going to be in God's presence, I have to follow his direction. I can't go back to the same old thing. I can't. Listen, if you're comfortable where you are in this church right now, you're not right. If you're comfortable, maybe it's time to step out and do something. Don't just go fishing like you've always done. Don't step into that trap of seeing Jesus, knowing Jesus, and then going back to the same thing you've always done. That's what these guys did. They said they went at night. You see, if you fish at night, you can't really see anything. You're just fishing in the dark. There's a country song about that. We won't go into that. Fishing in the dark. You're, I mean, it's, it's one of those things, you say you're fishing in the dark, you're just fishing for something. You don't even know what you're doing, you're just throwing your net. Some of you, that, that's what's happening in your lives right now. You know who Jesus is, you watched him work, he's worked in your life, you know what he can do, but you're standing all the way over here and you're casting your net, just fishing in the dark. And you're not catching anything. And what's funny about it is you just keep casting. It says you just keep casting. Look, if you're standing in the dark, you're going to have trouble seeing Jesus. If you're standing in the dark, you're going to have trouble seeing Jesus. Now, now this will make a little bit more sense later, what I just said. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Don't think that I'm telling you not to go to deep, dark, dangerous places. That's not what I'm saying. That's my calling. What I'm saying is if you're standing away from the light, if you're not following the will of God, you're in a bad place. It's going to be hard to see Jesus when you're walking over there. The Bible says here in in, in chapter 21, it says that the sun came up, the sunrise happened, and it said Jesus is standing on the shore. Look, the sun came up and they're coming in. The Bible later says that they're only a hundred yards out. They're not that far. They're a hundred yards out. And Jesus says, hey, (laughs) hey guys, did you catch anything? And they don't even recognize who Jesus is. Look, if you stay long enough in the dark, it's hard to notice Jesus in the light. It's hard to see the things that God's calling you to if you spent too much time in the dark. They don't even recognize the man who they did ministry with for the last three years. The man that they said they were willing to die for. The man that showed them things they'd never seen before. The man that told them they could move mountains with just a little bit of faith. They can't even see him in the daylight. And he says, did you catch anything? And they're like... No, we, we kind of did this all night. And they're like, well, he says, well, here's what I want you to do. Hey, cat, just cast your net one more time. Cast it on the right side. And these guys cast it on the right side, and they catch a bunch of fish. And now some of you are like, okay, great. There's a miracle, and they see this miracle, and they're like, that's Jesus. That's not what it is. If you jump in your Bible, if you jump back to Luke 5, one of my favorite sermons I've ever preached is in Luke 5. It's the calling of Peter. And what happens is Jesus is in a boat with them, and he says, what have you done? He said, we haven't, fished all, we haven't caught anything all night. We fished all night, and we didn't catch anything. And Jesus says, push out a little deeper. Go a little deeper and cast out your net. And they caught so much that they had to call their friends to come get it all. Look, Jesus is trying to show them, Who he is, once again, he's reminding them of who he is. Look, Jesus puts things in your life to remind you of what he's done in your past. There will come a time in your life where you look around and you don't see Jesus. It's that dark time, those valley times that preachers talk about. You know, you got the mountain time, the mountaintop times where everything seems great. And then you got the valleys where everything seems bad. It's that dark and really bad place. And you're looking around and you're like, where's Jesus? Jesus will remind you who he is in those times. He'll take you back to places you can't even possibly imagine. Listen, if you don't believe this, I am solid proof standing right here preaching to you. I have never preached on this stage on a Sunday morning. I have never done this. I've been in the par- at least a part of this church for 12 years. I've never done this. And there's some, been some dark times over this year. I lost my father. I've had some hard times. I haven't been able to travel. Preaching has been something I haven't got to do a lot. And God's like, look, I'm going to take you back home. I'm going to take you back to this place and I'm going to show you where your ministry really started. I'm going to show you those fish you caught early. I'm going to show you the places that I've taken you. He said, I'm going to show you these things. One of the things I'm grateful for about this church is that there's no clock on the back wall. I have a watch on, but I made sure Now, David's probably, or somebody's probably going to put a clock back up on that. <laughs> I, I don't know. But I'm just saying, we, we, we get these places, and we go to these places where we seem like we're in this valley. These guys were in a dark place. They thought Jesus was the Messiah, and he died. And they're kicking themselves. They're like, what do we do now? we got to go back to the same thing we did before. And that's what they do, and when they do it, they fail. Listen, if Jesus calls you, and you don't follow, whatever you do instead, you will Fail. You will fail. Jesus calls you. You better run to him. Because anything you do outside of God's will, you will fail. These guys failed miserably, and Christ lets them catch these fish, and he tells them, Yeah, hey, come on in. But my favorite part of this whole passage is where this guy says, That's Jesus. And Peter says, word! (laughs) That's Jesus! And he literally tucks his cloak in because he's fishing. And when they fish, they don't wear their nice clothes. They don't wear those. It's always funny to me. People always get get on to me because I don't wear a suit and tie when I preach. That's just not who I am. Look, I'm working. (laughs) This is what God called me to. This is my job. I'm working. I'm doing what God called me to do. I'm tucking my cloak in, and I'm diving in. Peter dives into the water, and he swims to Jesus. Now, it's not far. It's 100 yards, but he doesn't care. He dives in his clothes, and he goes after him. And you're like, well, that's not that big of a deal. It's Jesus. But what you have to remember is earlier in the the same book, God or Jesus calls him out of the boat to walk on water, and he won't do it. He's like, wait. (laughs) Well, are, are you really Jesus? And if you are Jesus... If you are Jesus, like, let me walk on the water with you. And he has such little faith that he actually begins to drown, like he, he sinks. Now, that might sound like a great story, but what you have to understand is at this point, Peter knows it's Jesus, and he doesn't care anymore. He doesn't want to walk on water. He just dives head first. Look, once you know who Jesus is, if you find him, you're going to go after him. We might get in these spots where we lose sight. We've been in the dark too long. We've done these things too long. And we step back and we're like, what's going on? But when we see Jesus, please, for the love of everything, run to him. Swim to him. Dive in head first. The man who couldn't walk on water with Jesus in front of him didn't care anymore. He was willing to swim. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I sink. It doesn't matter if I drown. It doesn't matter if I die. But I will get to Jesus. That's what Peter said. And I'm like, man, that's hard. Like, I'm looking at that and I'm like, I wish I, you know, if I saw Jesus, I'd probably swim too. let's let's do this. Let's go. Right? And and Peter's like, I don't even care anymore. I'm just going to jump in and I'm going to do this. And all the other guys are looking around like, what's going on? Peter just went in head first. We got all these fish. What are we going to do? And it says that they kind of just kind of drug the fish in kind of slowly in the boat because they didn't want the, the net to tear. But it gets really cool when they finally get to the shore. They get to the shore and it says, what, what it says right there that Jesus basically is sitting on the beach waiting for them. It says, when they got on land, it's in verse 9, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. You know what that means? I don't know how many of you, uh, how many of you people grill very often. I don't grill. I don't like the smell. My wife doesn't. That's right I can be a real man and let my wife grill <laughs> my problem is if I grill I immediately have to go take a shower because I just can't stand the smell right? I just get just I like the taste I don't like the smell I don't know if you grill much but when you grill there's these things called charcoals right all you gas people propane people get some charcoal all right so where's that I'm just, just joking all right but there's these charcoals and if you know anything about this if you see charcoal you know that it's been there for a while. Like that. that's not something that Jesus was just like, hey, all you guys are here. And he threw a, a match in and poof. You know, he didn't have the quick start charcoal like we do. <laughs> Like, it's not the same. Like, Jesus had been on that shore for a long time. When they were in the dark, when they were fishing and they were doing nothing, Jesus was still there. He was there looking at them, watching them, coaxing them, trying to get them to notice him. And they just couldn't see. He had been there for a while. If you don't believe me, catch my drift. Here's what he says. He says there was fish on the fire and there was bread already made. Before they even got to shore, Jesus was taking care of them. He was making fish. It didn't matter what they caught out there. They don't even need that fish. Jesus has got them. There's a fish and bread. Guess what? There's another story where Jesus takes fish and bread and he feeds 5,000 people. And there's enough left over that they've got, they could feed another 5,000 if they really wanted to. Jesus has got it all out. He's got it set out. He can take care of them with what he brought. He was waiting Listen, some of us, we know who Jesus is. We're saved, but we've been out fishing a long time. We've been in the dark a long time, and Jesus is on the shore, and he's waiting for us to turn around and see who he is. He's waiting for us to dive into the water and chase him down. He's waiting for us to drag all of our burdens in so he can show us that he's already taken care of him. It's that moment, that moment where the disciples recognize him, And they come on shore and they begin to follow him once again. (laughs) (laughs) You have to understand that there's a lot going on in just this moment where the Bible says Jesus was standing there, he had a fire, he had fish, he had bread. Look, they've been fishing all night, it's cold. Peter's just getting out of the water, he's cold. Jesus got a fire, it's ready to warm him up. He's taking care of him. Not only that, he's got fish. He's got this thing that they couldn't find on their own. He's got it. All this time you find these people who are searching for something more and they can't find it. Listen, Jesus is that thing. He's what you're looking for. He's what you're waiting for. He is the only thing that makes sense. He takes these guys and he says, here, warm yourself up. Here is the fish. I'm going to feed you. And not only that, I brought you bread. I bought you bread, and it took me time to make this. Look, Jesus is watching out for you, even in those times where you're not watching him. But this isn't a message for those people who aren't saved. You can get something. This is a message for all of you people who are a part of this church, who you're sitting back in your chair, in the same chair you always sit in, and you're wondering why sometimes you go home, and you're like, why? Why do I feel so dead? Why is it the same thing over and over and over? It's because you're fishing in the dark. You're looking at your buddy and saying, let's go fishing, instead of looking at Jesus and saying, take me where you want. You see, there's this vision that Christ had of the church, and it looks just like this, where we go out and we find people where they are. We find them in the dark, and we bring them to the light. We bring them to Jesus Christ. We can't save people, but we sure can show you who can. I can't save anybody. I'm just a poor white kid from Ada, Oklahoma. (laughs) I'm no better than anybody here. The only reason I'm anything is because Jesus waited on a shore for me. And I was blinded by the darkness, but somehow the sun came up and I could see him. And when that time came, I dove in the water. And I I swam to the shore and I I sat by the fire and, and I let him feed me and take care of me. But for some reason, there are times in my life where I look around and I see all my friends and I'm like, Hey, let's go fishing. Look, just take your time. Sit by the fire. Have a good time. Worship Jesus. Do those things. Stop going fishing in the dark. Jesus says He will make you fishers of men. When He sends you out, you'll know. And He'll be with you when you go. Look, your job isn't to take the fire to other people. Your job is to bring people to the fire. Your job is to bring people to the fire. It's so funny to me, they did a Barnum poll a long time ago, like 10, 15 years ago, and it says that 90% of people who were asked to come to church will. If you just ask them, they'll come. When was the last time you looked at someone you loved and said, hey, come to church with me? When was the last time you uh, looked at someone and they said, hey, will you pray for me? And you stopped right where you were and you prayed for them. I am so guilty of this. People look at me and say, hey Daniel, pray for me, and I'll be like, I will, bud. I will. And I do at home. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. They're fishing in the dark. Take them to Jesus. Pray. Do it now. When was the last time you looked at your pastor and you said, Let me pray for you? Tell me about your hardships. Tell me what's going on. Tell me how I can help. Tell me what I can do for you. Look, the pastor's not job is not to just serve you. He's to teach you, and guess what? Your job is to help him, to serve him through Christ. That's your job. When you joined this church, you took on responsibility. You took things on. It's time to step up. It's time to stop fishing in the dark, and it's time to do something for Jesus. Do something for this church. Do something for this country. Do something for this town. Do something for this area. Do something. It's time to set up a shore and bring people to Jesus. That, that's what this is about. That's what our life is about. Stop feeling dead. Stop feeling motionless. Stop feeling less worshipful. Like, Lisa has a song. It's, it's about Mondays. I'm sure most of you know this song. Where she basically says... <coughs> I'm talking about Lisa Williamson. If any of you are wondering... She has a song where she basically says, what if we were all Christians on Mondays like we were on Sundays? I just gave you the biblical version of this. There are these apostles who they were great with Jesus on Sunday, but Monday came and they looked at each other and said, let's go fishing. That's a lot of us. We come on Sundays, we bring our big Bibles, we we do our thing. And on Mondays, we put our Bible right back where it was the week before and we step back and we say nah, that's enough or, or my favorite like uh, I, my son my 18 year old son he's all excited he's like dad we're going to read through the Bible in a year and I'm like tell me how it goes about March he's like what do you mean I said that's the average time that's when you're going to hit Leviticus in numbers you're starting in Genesis right and he's like yeah and I'm like tell me how it goes in March Like, like this is a thing we all do. It's the new year. Let's get hyped up. Let's do these things. Look, I'm not telling you that. I'm saying you've been saved by Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit lives in you. Get excited and go do something every single day. It's not just about the new year and setting goals. It's about living in Christ and doing what He calls us to do every single day. January 1st. Through December 31st. There is 31 days in December, right? I don't pay attention. I don't know that song. <laughs> I just do what Christ tells me to do. I don't even care what day it is. I thought it was Friday. All day yesterday didn't make any difference. I was still reading. I was still studying. I was still doing my thing. I was still looking for Jesus. I was talking to friends about Jesus. I was looking for people who need to know Jesus. My father-in-law is the worst I'll finish that statement in a minute. I just want to let that hang there for a second. My father-in-law is the worst. I hate traveling with my father-in-law. And that's a bad deal because that's my job. I travel with my father-in-law. I hate it. Not for the reasons you think. I love him. He's a great guy. I love him to death. Like I said, he is my Paul. He's that guy. He's the one I look to and I say, I want to be like you because you're so much like Jesus that I know that if I follow you, I'll get there. But here's what happens. It never fails. We'll be traveling somewhere and some person will just fall out of a tree who needs to know Jesus. It Drives me crazy. He'll pick me. You've heard the stories. He's preached here enough. I know you've heard the stories about the guy who knocked on his door at a Walmart while we were going to the lake. And he ends up inviting them and they get married and find Jesus. And they brought a homeless guy with two dogs. And the homeless guy gets saved. And so do the dogs, I think. Like every time, he even told me, like yesterday, he was was text messaging me. He's like, hey, you're still on for tomorrow at Union Valley. And I was like, okay, cool, thanks for telling me. And he was like, oh, yeah, hey, I need to talk to you about a divine appointment I had on the way home. And I'm like, great. (laughs) Great, I've been sitting at home doing nothing. (laughs) And you've been out there doing stuff. And I'm like, I'm just out here sitting in the dark. And here's Mike looking at me going, let me tell you a story. And I get really excited. I remember sitting at a desk in Colorado typing on a computer because that's what I did and Mike sends me a message and he's standing in front of Mount Everest and he takes a picture and he says I'm going up there to tell people about Jesus and I'm like why am I here? Why am I here? Why is he at Everest? He's like a 60-year-old man, I was 20 like 29 or 30 at the time and I'm like why am I sitting behind a desk? This is this is ridiculous. I need to go. I need to see these places. Two years later, I stood in front of Everest, and I was like, I'm here. (laughs) Let's do this. Let's go. Let's see what happens. And I got to witness to a group of people called the Chapom. They're a lost people group. They're the last nomadic tribe in the world. Mountain, last mountain nomadic people in the world. And I remember I got to preach to them, and it was such a special time. I was like, I get to preach to these people, some people that nobody else has preached to. And it got really important when they told me one statistic. And that that statistic was they lose one-third of their population every year. Think about that for a minute. (laughs) They lose a third of their population a year. Kind of changes the dynamic when you're looking around and going, a third of you won't be here next year. I better preach, and I better preach hard. But here's the idea. Here's the thought. Some of you aren't going to be here next year. I'm not trying to be a downer. I'm not trying to be that guy. I lost my dad this year unexpectedly. I didn't think that it was going to happen. He died of lung cancer. I can tell you that it was hard. It hurt me. It took me to levels that I'd never known I could go to. And the only thing that got me through was Jesus and my wife. And luckily, my wife was put in my life by Jesus. I can tell you that story another day. It's taken me back to that place where he told me to cast the net. Look, I'm telling you right now that we need to get out of this thought process we need to stop thinking about a new year and we need to start thinking about Jesus I don't care about the year that's why you don't sit in the front row at a Baptist church by the way you might get spit on if you've ever wondered we have to stop thinking about all of these goals and hey I need to lose weight and hey I need to do this look just focus on Jesus that's what it's about look I'm fat I don't care Jesus got me. I'm going where I want to go. I'm doing what I want to do. And that is a complete and total lie. Stop telling yourself that. Don't go where you want. Don't do what you want. Follow Jesus. Stop fishing in the dark. Stop going to those places and leaving Jesus behind. Look, he's not in the tomb anymore. You don't have to wait for him. If you have accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He's with you all the time. Stop trying to leave Him behind and just go where He calls you. It's these moments in life. It's these moments in time where we begin to understand that God has called us as Christians, not as pastors, as Christians, to something special. He's called us to follow Him and to tell others who He is. Matthew 28, 11. Go out into all the world and preach the gospel. Stop and think for a moment. Where's your world? And are you preaching the gospel? Or are you just getting on your boat, looking at your friends, going, let's go fishing. Tired of fishing. <laughs> Tired of fishing in the dark. Matter of fact, I don't even like fishing. (gasps) He just said that. Union Valley. I do like hunting, so stay with me. I'm just not a big fishing guy. But what I do love is studying the Word of God. I love watching people realize who God is in their life. I love introducing Him. I love introducing them to Him. I love sitting down by a fire with them in Jesus Christ. There is nothing... More powerful to me than what's happened this year in my life. I've said at home, I've done absolutely nothing as far as most people concern my job with. I haven't left the country since March of last year. That's my job. I go to other countries and I preach the gospel. I have not done that. Matter of fact, I've gotten really good at washing dishes and folding clothes. Good. I can take care of a two-year-old too. Got it down. I'm the best housewife you've ever seen don't believe me ask my wife she loves it I'm like if you'll cook I'll do everything else and she's like bet (laughs) yeah (laughs) welcome to the light that's what she said I haven't got to do what I normally do and I tell you for a little while it really bothered me but then all of a sudden my son my 18 year old son he's like hey dad I'm going here and I've got all these friends I got like nine guys they all want to come to your house I'm like, why do they want to come to my house? He goes, they want to ask you questions. And I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Guess I better study some. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. You'll know all the answers. You have degrees in that. You can do all this. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, reading real heavy. I'm like, yeah, I got to get this down. Got to have Bible verses memorized. I got to have these things. It's so funny. I spent like two days prepping for this, and they didn't ask me a single question I studied. (laughs) I'm like, what's the problem? What's going on? You see, because I was fishing in the dark. And these nine guys, they came in my house, I've never met them before, and we sat for four hours talking about Jesus, pushing them in places they've never been pushed before. You see, I got to preach to half, listen to me, half of the incoming freshmen at OU that attend the BCM, half of them in just a semester, and I never stepped foot on their campus. I was just sitting by the fire, showing them who Jesus was to me. My son's roommate came to know Christ this year while sitting in a dorm room with my son and one of his friends. After being in my house, listening to answers being, or questions being answered, and people just talking about Jesus. Look, you don't have to be good at this. There isn't a good. People just see Jesus in you, they see the fire, they see what you're doing, and they want to be a part of it. Bring them in. Like, this is my chance. This is my opportunity. I'm standing in this church. This is my opportunity. So here's what I'm going to do I'm going to pray. Jessica's going to come. She's going to play a song. I don't know what song, but I bet I know the words. This is your time to stand up and worship, to stop fishing in the dark to stand up and do what God's called you to do. This is your time to come to the altar and lay down your burdens. Lay those things down that you couldn't catch, those things you've been searching for, to lay them down at Jesus' feet. This is your moment to come to shore. I'm sitting by the fire, sitting with Jesus. Come meet Him. I'll gladly introduce you to Him. This is your moment. It's not your year. It's not because it's New Year's. It's because, listen, I'm just tired of being dead. I'm tired of the same old, same old. You know what? I'm tired of sitting in the same chair I always sit in. I'm I'm just tired of it. Tired of those motions. I'm ready to just praise Jesus. I'm ready to just go where Jesus is. I'm ready to do whatever it takes to be close to him. I will drag what I have to drag. I will swim where I have to swim. I will run where I have to run. I'll even eat what I have to eat. Listen, I don't even like fish. That's why I don't like fishing is because fish is gross. I don't like it. That's hard because my wife's favorite restaurant is Red Lobster. And I'm like, come on. Listen, I'm tired of the same old, same old. I'll eat it if I have to. Look, this is your moment. This is your time. Come meet Jesus. Come back to Jesus. If you know who he is, come back. Stop going fishing. Stop fishing in the dark and come find Jesus who already has your needs met. He's already done everything. The fish are waiting. The bread is waiting. The fire is waiting. You just have to get up and come to Him. This is your moment to worship. This is your moment to come back to Jesus. This is your moment to find Him for the first time. This is your moment. This is your return. Let's pray.